Hello everyone and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we're going to be going over a lot of the roster rumors uh, and current things that have happened with rosters in terms of extensions and some of the drama that went down this week in the NYSL camp. Uh, But before we get into that, if you guys like this one on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're on the audio platforms, be sure to drop a follow on there, drop a five-star review if you're able. Um, I gotta say it again, it's been a lot of videos in a row that I gotta keep saying it, but I'm, I'm grateful to keep saying it. The support was insane. Um, third straight podcast hitting over 1000 views on YouTube, crazy amount of likes, crazy amount of comments and support and just people talking cod in the comments. So I love to see that. Thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, let's keep this momentum moving. We're almost to 650 subs. Um, and just a little while ago, I was thanking you guys for 500. So I'm, I'm really, really, really grateful for the support. I know I say it all the time, but I truly mean it. So thank you guys all so much for the support. And let's talk some roster rumors. I know you guys saw it. I'm a little under the weather. Um, went up north with some friends this weekend, and uh, one of them ended up getting COVID. And it sounds like um, he just tested positive today, and I'm not feeling the best. So I'm thinking that may be the case for me as well. It finally caught me for what I believe is the first time. Um, I've never tested positive throughout all this. So feeling a little under the weather. Going to try to keep this one a little shorter and just talk about roster rumors for now um, as it is the off season. Uh, first thing I really want to get into is that NYSL drama before we talk about all the extensions and stuff. Uh, wow. Um, I listened to that whole flank and some was entertaining, but some was also just kind of tough to listen to and kind of sad and almost felt like I shouldn't be listening to it. Like the stream, um, like was accidentally turned on or something that was kind of wild to hear. Um, I just hate to hear like such a bad side of players coming out um, and all these arguments. Like sometimes it's entertaining to hear the drama uh, that went on behind the scenes for some of these teams because it's like stuff you never get to hear and maybe like some of the arguments that went down and like just some of the stuff that made teams crumble. But um, you don't necessarily like to see um, the stuff that happened uh, on in that stream because it was almost a little bit too far. Um, I feel like there were some really massive accusations being thrown around that maybe should have been handled. Uh, behind closed doors and talked about behind closed doors like the whole crim accusation from hydra and even the paul one um i was kind of really alarmed when hearing hydra accuse crim of being racist um and then he kept saying the part that alarmed me was um he kept saying like why are you getting angry like why are you getting mad um and then like the same thing when he accused paul of going home and skipping practice basically to drink um alcohol and stuff instead of like mourning a family member like he said he was going home to do i kind of said the same thing um when he was saying like why are you getting mad why are you getting mad um and he didn't like understand why they're upset and um that was kind of alarming to me because like these are clearly things that like crim and paul are going to get upset about like calling somebody a racist is not a light thing to do that is a very serious accusation um and one that cannot be taken lightly by either side um if it was truly the case that can't be taken lightly um, by the side of the people accusing him or crim or anything like that's that's not a light accusation to make like that's a very serious thing that could um really ruin somebody's life uh in terms of crim that could ruin his career um and it could be something that's not true um so like accusing crim of that like it's just absolutely wild um obviously we don't know what went on behind closed doors they talked about it and stuff and it seemed like it was kind of resolved on there and they kind of came to an understanding um but i was really just alarmed by him saying like why are you mad he was also you know maybe jeopardizing paul's career because you know this rumor about paul maybe not being committed could spread from that um and paul should get upset with that because this is his livelihood on the line and his potential to have an amazing career playing in the cdl so Um, I was kind of alarmed when he was saying, like, why are you mad? Why are you mad? When he was accusing them of such serious things. Um, 
So that was a bit alarming. It seemed like they worked it out. Some wild stuff came out about Krim calling Neptune like the worst sub in the league and like trying to motivate him that way. And uh, maybe some of like the really tough, tough love style leadership that Krim has is not translating as well to the newer generation. It seems like uh, is kind of what we've learned um, throughout all of this. But it was just a wild time. Uh, I don't really want to pick sides on everything because it's obviously something I wasn't there to witness any of this team breakdown stuff. Um, I don't know what was all said. It sounds like there was a pretty big argument where Paco uh, Hydra was like saying that he hated all of his teammates before champs and wasn't trying in practice. Now, obviously, um, I can't say whether or not he was trying or not in practice because I wasn't there. Once again, that's only something really that the people in the NYSL camp um, can determine. So I don't really want to pick sides and everything because, like I said, wasn't there to witness it. But it was tough to see, tough to hear. Um, I did kind of get a very bad vibe from D-Real, though, the coach, because I've always been a very big Bobble fan, a big Revan fan. I always thought he had a fantastic mind for the game. I really loved when he was a commentator because, you know, sometimes he maybe started to talk a little fast and stuff and people didn't like that, but I could just tell he was oozing passion and um, I always have a respect for that and people that are so passionate in Revan. Uh, I will never forget, I, I believe I've told this story in the podcast way back in the day, but I'll never forget at Black Ops 4 Champs, he was the coach for Evil Geniuses. Oh, what was the exact roster? It had like attached, JCAP, Exotic, Apathy, and oh, one more. It's slipping my mind right now. That's not an important detail though, but uh, they had that roster and Revan, there was like two screens on the front of the stage. They obviously had the big screens to watch, but then there was like two screens lower. So if you're like right in front of the stage, you could still see it. And Revan was standing maybe three feet from one of the screens, just screaming and like throwing his hands in the air when EG was making a mistake. And they obviously had that famous choke on the map four where they could have sent United to losers bracket. And Revan is in front of the, the telestrator or the screen, just screaming at it. And like, he's so passionate. And like, ever since that, I was like, uh, some people were like laughing at it because like he was just like screaming at the screen but I was like dude this guy has so much passion and like from there on I had so much respect for Revan and I know how much he cares about it so to hear that he was so demoralized uh, and was like demoted and he didn't know why and was potentially told that he shouldn't speak and stuff and felt like he didn't have a place that was really sad to hear because I've witnessed firsthand and I know how passionate Revan is um, so that was kind of sad to hear. So that was that was tough. I hope he lands on his feet and I hope he gets a job somewhere because um, obviously like I said I may not know how great these coaches are or how bad they are um, because I don't actually have involvement with the teams. But from everything I've seen about Revan and heard, and like, I believe like everybody that meets him seems to like the guy. And I just think he's super passionate about coaching and about COD. So I love, I'd really love to see him rebound and find a coaching job somewhere else. Cause I think he's a very good coach from what I know. Um, really the, the general takeaway from this was I am amazed that this team made it to champs despite all of this like it sounded like they were in complete turmoil and like hated each other and didn't want to play together how in the world uh did they make champs um kind of absolutely absurd in terms of roster stuff for this team it's pretty much all but confirmed that skies is going to join hydra on nysl and then kismet maybe stays i believe they did extend his option we'll get to those in a second i believe they did extend him and he's still under contract um but that could be more of a piece like they think he's valuable and maybe they'll try to sell him off to another team I don't necessarily know that uh, Kismet being extended means he stays on this team because with how terrible it sounds like the chemistry was on this team down the stretch and how they all really hated each other, um, I can't imagine that they want to keep two people from that team and Hydra and Kismet together, uh, assuming they're going to keep Hydra on the roster, re-sign him and make him the franchise player um, with the talent that he has. can't imagine that Kismet stays in that scenario just because, like I said, 
toxicity that was in that environment. I can't imagine they want to really keep anything from it besides maybe one player. I don't think they'd really want to keep them together, even though Kismet was fantastic down the stretch. Um, maybe he stays though, cause he is under contract or maybe this is a, a trade situation where they're trying to get something out of him, uh, for how good he played on the stretch. Uh, there were some new contract details announced to kind of move on from the NYSL stuff. Um, and three-year deals are now allowed. Um, a 55,525 minimum salary is the new min. Uh, I believe it used to be exactly 50,000. So a little bump up there and players must get 50% of the org's prize earnings, which that's a wild clause that makes me think that maybe there were certain teams that were taking over 50% of the prize earnings, which is wild to me. Like, um, as an org, if you could afford it, I would love to give my players. I know optic always has said like they've given their players hundred percent of the prize winnings. I know other orgs had taken some, uh, percentage in the past, but I mean, as an org owner, I would love to give as much of a percentage as I possibly could to the players. Cause not only does that seem fair because they are really the ones doing a majority of the work. Um, but at the same time, like you want to incentivize your players to win. If uh, my org was taking 75% of, um, my prize earnings, obviously being a competitive person, you still want to win, but like subconsciously you might be like, man, that hundred thousand dollar prize I'm going to get for first place in this tournament is only going to end up being 25,000 and then taxes are taken out. You might, um, maybe not be as motivated as an owner, uh, as an org owner that's giving you 90% of the winnings. And you're like, damn, I basically get to keep it all. Um, so I think that was kind of interesting to see. And that at least in my head makes me think that people were taking more than 50%. The three-year deal thing though is wild to me. I don't really know that that'll be utilized much. I think there's a very select few players that that would be utilized for. Like if you could lock up a simp, a Selium, and a BZ, um, a scump for his branding, although who knows if he plays that many more years, a Shotzi, um, a Pred, uh, an Afro, maybe even like those young superstars, if you can maybe lock them up on a three-year deal, I can see the world where they do it. But in terms of having the leverage as a player and being one of those young superstars, I don't know why you'd want to sign a three-year deal and lock yourself into a team for that long. I feel like if you're that good of a player, you'd want to keep signing one-year deals, uh, to make your org have the pressure, um, to keep putting a good team around you and not get complacent. Cause they know they have you for three years or something. Uh, I can't see too many situations where this would be utilized, especially in Call of Duty. Cause like, I mean, what the optic dynasty forms partway through a, they're probably the longest tenure team. And they formed like what partway through a W and then ended up breaking up partway through world war two. So, you know, they played part of a W all of black ops three, all of IW, uh, and then part of world war two. So, you know, they were together of parts of two years and then two full years. So added up, maybe they were roughly together for three years and they're like the longest tenure team besides like the mind freak team in Australia who didn't have many options to change and stuff. But, uh, this phase dynasty is now one of like the longest tenure teams. Cause what they got together in cold war and now played two full years together. So that team is only two years tenured and it feels like they've been together forever. So to sign like a full team to three-year deals would be absolutely wild. I don't, I don't know if this three-year deal thing will be utilized much, but, um, seems to be something that would more benefit the teams, obviously, because you get a superstar player, you can lock them in for three years. That would pretty much greatly benefit, um, your squad, um, uh, moving into let's do the, let's do the free agent stuff, uh, from the breaking point site and like what, uh, crone tweeted, um, one thing I want to get into, cause I didn't actually know exactly what this was. I keep seeing game launch extension being thrown around for some players. And it looks like there's something from the CDL website that, uh, CDL Intel posted a screenshot of teams can essentially keep players until two weeks after the next title release. In this case, MW2 on October 22nd. Um, so basically like from the CDL site, the exact, uh, terminology that they use is uh, game launch extension is a short-term extension, which extends term through the date that is either 
the earlier of two weeks following release of next primary Call of Duty game or December 1st, 2021, uh, which I'm assuming would just translate to 2022 for this title. Uh, by that date, teams have the choice to do the full extension to the end of the 2022 season for those players. If not, players become free agents. This form of extension is to allow teams to assess after the game launch whether they want to keep a player. Um, so it's basically like the idea of it is that you keep a player um, for the first couple weeks of the launch and see how they play. Um, however, this kind of, I feel like backfires and they didn't really think it through all the way because this also allows teams to just hold a player, um, for those first couple weeks. And then it really screws over the player because if they decide to let them go after that, let's be honest, two weeks into the game, pretty much every team is already formed and they're already start practicing and like are at least playing pubs and stuff together and learning the game together. So kind of screws over the player, but that is what game launch means when you see it. Cause I feel like most people from sports, if you watch, uh, especially basketball, you really probably understand the unrestricted versus restricted free agency thing, but obviously game launch would be something that you maybe hadn't seen before because I didn't really know what it was either. Um, going through CDL Intel's tweets here, he kind of has like a thread of, I believe, at least nine teams and what they did with their roster. So kind of starting from the top here, Paris Legion, um, they made Johnny, John, Jimbo, and Gravity all free agents, and then Temp. His option was extended, so kind of unfortunate here for Temp. He, he stays on Vegas Legion, although there is a very good pool of free agents. Maybe they'll finally be willing to spend money, hopefully, and put a decent team around him. Um, but uh, kind of doubt that because it is Paris and now Vegas Legion, but Temp was extended there. All the other guys made free agents. Um, the Ultra Insight was extended. Kleenex was extended. Um, and then Cami, Scrappy, and Hixie were all game launch extended. And then Bance was made a free agent. Um, this is really, really, really wild to me. I'm not surprised that they kept Kleenex at all. Not surprised that they kept Insight. Um, kind of surprised that Scrappy was only game launch extended uh, because I figured if they're getting rid of Cami, which it sounds like they are, um, you would think that they would just fully extend Scrappy and, you know, um, just for the whole year, option extend him and then put him in the lineup as the flex next year alongside Insight uh, and Kleenex. What this says to me is they're ready to move on from Bands. Obviously, made him a free agent. He's he's good as gone, probably. Um, maybe more on him in a minute. Uh, and then Insight and Kleenex, they obviously want for next year. To me, what I draw from this is they're leaning towards using Hixie as their other sub along with Kleenex. That's why they game launch extended him. But there's maybe the off chance that they want to explore the market. They don't want to completely lock themselves into Hixie because they're not fully sold on him. And then they game launch extended Cami and Scrappy because they're not sold on which player they want yet. And they wanted a little more time to decide uh, before this deadline hits. Uh, and they had to like make a decision on either game launch extending them, extending them, uh, or letting them walk by, I think it was like yesterday or two days ago. So I think that they game launch extended both Cami and Scrappy to figure out who they want to be their flex next year. I assume they probably go with Scrappy because they know how talented he is. And um, he kind of tore up challengers. And I feel like this team is just kind of ready to move on and, you know, get some fresh blood in there. Personally, I think it's a horrible decision because you guys know how I feel about Cami. I think Cami could potentially be the number two flex in the league behind Selium. I know Selium was like a main technically to end the year, but Selium's basically a flex. He is truly uh, phases flex on a normal URCs will be the main and uh, Selium will be their flex. I think Cami truly could be top two flex uh, with Selium. He was in Cold War. He was the clear top two flex uh, with Selium in that game. I think Cami can be top tier. I'm not saying that Scrappy can't be. I certainly think Scrappy has a talent to be, but feel like Cammy's more of a sure thing, which I feel like makes it kind of risky. But at the same time, I do understand the logic behind, you know, you've used this roster now for 
the better part of two years and you had a lot of success in Cold War but didn't necessarily have as much in Vanguard. Like I said before, I also think the game did not help them out at all. Um, the game being Vanguard did not help the Toronto Ultra team at all, but that's what this looks like to me. They want to keep Insight and Kleenex as their franchise players. They let Bance go. They're going to decide between Cammy and Scrappy for the flex, and they game launch extended Hixie, so they're not locked into him if they find somebody else they want. But if they don't find somebody else that they believe is better, they can lock in Hixie and keep him on the roster. Um, but either way, I kind of like where this team is going. Um, there was nothing on London Royal Ravens, he said, because he had only seen players being extended, so that could potentially mean none of them are extended. But um, I said something about it on Twitter. Uh, one of my friends uh, actually mentioned that the London Royal Ravens roster could potentially be they keep zero, they keep Afro, uh, they let Gizmo and Nasty walk, and then they bring in Bance, who's unrestricted, and Cami, who is game launch extended right now because Ultra is likely to bring in Scrappy, is the feeling around the league. Um, and then you've got a roster on London of the main AR being zero, Flex being Cami, and then your sub duo being Afro and Bance. I talked about it with my boy Alfie a little bit um, over on Twitter, and wow, um, I love that roster. So that's kind of like my early take on what roster I want to see the most um, coming out of roster mania. So we'll see if that ends up being possible. Dropping out of the next team that CDL Intel posted, it's the Seattle Surge. They option extended all four starters in Pred, Sib, Accuracy, and Mac, and Classic is a free agent. Classic obviously coming off Challenger Champs. It'll be interesting to see if potentially he gets a spot somewhere with all this shuffle and all these people that are free agents because we know Classic, um, maybe not a superstar player, but he is like Mr. Consistent. You can always plug him in a lineup, and he's usually um, going to put up good results for you or at least be a steady player. Maybe not a superstar, like I said, but a good gap filler player. Um I guess this team, they option extended everyone, I believe. Obviously, they were going to do that to Pred and Sib. That's pretty much a lock. Those two are going to be on this roster next year. Um, and then you go into accuracy. You can maybe see them moving him. Mac, um, for a good portion of the year, I was calling him like their most consistent and best player when Pred wasn't like into Pred form that he hit at Major 3, like we're talking really early in the year. And then obviously, um, Pred became their clear best player. There's no doubt about that. But Mac was really, really good early on in the year. Kind of dropped off a little bit towards the end of the year. Maybe got a little more inconsistent. Um, so I'm a little worried that maybe they're going to move on from Accuracy and Mac. I can see a world where they just run it back if they don't like the options they have and the contract situations don't work out. Um, I could see this team running it back and being very successful. At the same time, I could see them maybe getting really aggressive and going after um, like an attach or trying to make a trade for like a slasher. Maybe to just um, let attach try a main AR rollout and maybe just get a slight uptick Um on the talent of the team and the gun skill, I can see a world where maybe they make a blockbuster move and they, you know, Hydra is an unrestricted free agent. Maybe they try to pry Hydra away from um, NYSL and replace Mac and then have a Pred Hydra duo along with Sib on the flex. And then you either keep accuracy or you try to get another main AR. I could see a world like that. But when we get into our more deep dives of what I want teams to do, we can maybe talk about that. But Surge extend everyone, make Classic a free agent. Optic Texas, Scump and Dashy both extended. Um, general and pro loot were made free agents they i believe did have team options but optic decided to make them free agents uh, they were both the substitutes obviously and then illy and shotzi are both free agents um i believe this was obviously because the fact that um they were on their team option of their deal that was existing already um from empire obviously shotzi and illy are not going anywhere unless something absolutely absurd happens i saw some people maybe saying you know optic was interested in cami last off season coming out of cold war so maybe they'll go after cami instead of illy 
Don't think that's happening unless something absolutely absurd happens. Uh, I believe that Optic's going to run it back with the same roster. If Shotzi and Illy had the team options, they obviously would have been extended and picked up because we know how Optic operates. And let's face it, this team was very good this year and ran into some unfortunate circumstances, so I'm sure they want to run it back. So nothing really shocking there. Optic won't change besides they'll have a new sub player, um, not submachine gun player, uh, sub player meaning substitute player. Um, so not much to talk about with them. Uh, then we've got NYSL. Obviously, we know the crazy stuff that happened with them. Sounds like Krim, um, Clay, and Hydra are all free agents. I believe uh, Clay obviously was a free agent after his option was picked up from last year. Krim, they decided not to pick up the option. Um, Hydra was a free agent because he was on the second year of his option, I'm pretty sure. And then um, Kismet was extended and Paul X was extended, although he said he was actually game launch extended, so I'm not really sure on the clarity there. Um, obviously, Paul X would probably know better, but... Uh, I think we know that Paul's on his way out, getting replaced by Skies apparently. So he's on his way out, won't be on this team. Kismet, we're not really sure about as of the moment I'm recording this. Um, he is option extended, but like I said, I really doubt as long as they're able to keep Hydra, I doubt that they're going to keep them together because of the turmoil that happened at the end of the year. Um, moving on to LAG, who's also listed on here. Everybody was option extended um, besides Gunless. So Spart, Slasher, Asim, Hook, and Neptune all extended. Um, Gunless obviously let go. Boy, who knows what they're going to do with this team? Because Neptune kind of stepped in at the end of the year, looked very good. Obviously, we know Slasher maybe is their focal point. They benched Asim at one point in the year, but we know they really liked him early on. Hook, we know they liked him at one point. Like, Spart, Slasher, Hook, Asim. This roster won a championship last year. Uh, Neptune obviously looked good at the end of the year and was extended. I have to believe they extended everyone on the off chance they aren't able to get other players, uh, and they maybe have to run it back with some form of four from these five players. Um but on the other hand, I can also see a world where maybe they just option extended them all. We'll try to sell off three of the players and are going to build around two. If I had to take a wild guess, I'm going to say they're maybe going to build around uh, Slasher and one of the other ones. I think it'll be Slasher, and then they'll pick between Spart, Asim, Hook, and Neptune to make a team of two and then try to find two new players. Um, but kind of a weird thing that they extended everyone. I thought maybe they would just extend the two players they wanted and let all the other ones walk. Thieves, um, not much to talk about here, obviously. Extended their four starters in Envoy, Kenny, Octane, and Draza. Let Pentagram walk. He had a very good year in Challengers, so wouldn't be crazy to see him end up somewhere else as maybe a sub again, or maybe he gets an opportunity to start. Who knows? He had a good year. Um, Boston Breach. Nero and Vivid were option extended. Kind of interesting one here. Uh, Zinni Methods was game launch extended, which is obviously an interesting thing. Um, Capsidal and TJ Haley were made free agents. I was not shocked by Nero because, you know, down the stretch of the year, uh, we saw Nero kind of become a superstar for this team, and he was kind of like the face of the team, was really the guy that was slaying out um, and being the superstar, so not surprised to see him extended. Vivid, also not surprised because um, when you get sub-talent, it's very, very hard to keep it and uh, very hard to have top sub-talent in the league, and I really think that, you know, both Nero and Vivid showed to be a very good duo. I think they showed a very high potential at the end of uh last year and i don't know that boston believes they can get a better duo so they're going to run it back with that duo it's looking like as of right now i don't mind that methods was game launch extended so maybe that tells me they're not fully sold on him which is kind of shocking because he's kind of the face of their branding um over at boston and he's a very steady main ar so maybe we see boston go after a different main ar to pair with their sub duo and then obviously they let cap go because they're more sold on their other subs it seems like and then tj they let go i'm not shocked here um Maybe we see Gunless come here and they reunite like the Gunless Methods duo that played together in World War II for a little bit there um, to go with Nero and Vivid. Who knows what they do? Um, maybe they bring Cami back 
to reunite with methods in that duo from um, the Ultra. Who knows? I have a feeling they're going to pick methods option up, and I think uh, they're going to have Nero and Vivid be the sub duo again, let methods run the main, and then pick up a new flex to replace TJ and maybe get a little more slaying out of their flex. But I don't absolutely hate them keeping the Nero Vivid sub duo and then running it back with methods. Uh, and then we've got Phase. A BZR City Selium Simp, all four players, obviously option extended. There's no reason for this team to make a change, um, like we always say. So they're obviously all option extended. And unless, like I've said, for a couple of these teams, something absolutely wild happens, uh, they're probably just going to run it back with that same roster. Pristini was made a free agent, apparently, but he has a note here that he's yet to announce anything. Uh, and then potentially Crowder may be retiring, but that's just a rumor, which would be interesting to see who FaZe would pick up. Uh, and that is all that... Uh, he has here for um, rosters and like potential stuff that hasn't been announced. Uh, obviously, I don't know if I mentioned this one either, but on Florida, everybody has been dropped. Uh, Awakening Skies, Major Maniac, Yeez, and Two Real, and Dave Patty remains on the roster. Um, and then Minnesota, I believe, announced that pretty much everybody is a free agent uh, except who is it? Fame, yeah, Fame. Uh, Attach Havoc, Priest of Standy, the starting roster from the end of the year, all free agents. Um, so I think maybe we'll see some movement from Minnesota, a new roster there. I have a feeling, I don't know, this is just my initial gut feeling. This is off no intel or nothing I've seen or heard, but I have a feeling maybe we see Standy end up in Florida with Dave Patty. Dave Patty seems to be a guy that Florida kind of wants to brand around and they kind of like him because um, he was like their main branding point all year, even maybe a little bit over Skies who had been their poster child since the inception of the CDL. Um, I know Standy and Dave Patty, I believe, won MW champs, uh, challengers champs together. So I can maybe see that duo coming back on Florida and then picking up another sub and a flex to go with them and maybe finally let Dave Patty run the main with a bunch of faster players in front of him. That could be interesting, but that's really it for the roster rumors. Um, and that's really all I want to talk about today. I just wanted to do a little bit of a shorter episode, keep it to 20 to 30 minutes as I'm really not feeling the best. Hopefully you couldn't tell. Hopefully the energy was still high in the podcast, but that's going to do it for this one. Talked about uh, where all the free agents are, maybe potentially what they're going to do. I didn't want to dive too much into exactly what I believe every roster is going to do um, because like I said, I want to do individual episodes where we kind of talk through each team and maybe say what I believe they should do uh, or what they might do based on the rumors we're hearing. But I really enjoyed talking about, you know, uh, maybe not so much the NYSL drama because that was kind of a tough uh, topic that I didn't necessarily love hearing all aired out because it was some pretty personal stuff and some pretty wild uh, drama um, that maybe crossed the point of being entertaining because it got pretty serious. Um, but I really did enjoy talking about uh, the free agents and the rumors because, as you guys know, I really love to watch the game. But one of my favorite parts of the year um, is the whole roster mania period and kind of dreaming about what rosters could be formed and what rosters almost got formed and didn't. And then what actually gets formed and kind of talking about the previews of the year and um, how we think teams are going to do and kind of drawing up our own rosters that we think would be perfect. And then sometimes you're correct about them and sometimes uh, they actually form and they end up being awful and then you look like an idiot. But. I love talking about the free agents on uh, the free agency period in COD and roster mania. So that's going to do it for this one. Like I said, thank you guys so much for the back to back to back 1k view podcast on YouTube. That's absolutely absurd. Uh, let's smash the like button on this one again and drop some comments down below. Smash the sub button on this one and let's run it up to 650 subs or something by the end of this video. I'd really appreciate the support if you guys are able to keep it up because it's been wild even as we get into the off season here, uh, which is always the toughest time. If you're on the audio platforms, be sure to drop a follow, drop a five-star review on there. Thank you guys so much for all the support and I will see you in the next one.